This week we studied sin and we learned anew or we were reminded of the truth that a broken relationship with God leads to a broken relationship with people. Now I am almost certain that every single one of you has experienced this multiple times just today. The impact, the effects, the heartache that comes from broken relationships with people. I know I have experienced it multiple times today. And it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to bump up against people, people that you love, but sin kind of intrudes into that. So what I want to do today, this evening, is in our time together, I actually want to lead us into a place where we can hear what Jesus has to say, not only about our broken relationship with him, but our broken relationships with one another, not to shame us, not to uh, slap us on the hand or shake us by the shoulders, but to have him invite us into a new way of doing things, because that's what our God does. And so we're going to do this through an activity that many call imaginative prayer. Now, if you've been around IBC in our women's Bible study over the last few years, you may have experienced this with us, this imaginative prayer exercise. And I will walk you through every step of the way in what we're going to be doing. But there's a couple of things that I want to tell you about before we start. One is imagination. Did you know that God gifted you with your imagination. It is a gift from him. Now, unfortunately, we can misuse our imagination, can't we? I uh, have terrible, like my husband's uh, 30 minutes late and I haven't heard from him and he is dead on the side of the road. I am so certain that this is the truth. In fact, when we were first married, This is really embarrassing, actually. There were multiple nights that I cried myself to sleep because I was convinced he was going to die. The guy's asleep right next to me, and I am weeping in bed. (laughs) That's a terrible use of your imagination. (laughs) I'll confess to you another terrible way I have used my imagination in the past is because I'm imagining all the terrible things you think about me. In fact, I'm also going to imagine the terrible conversation we're going to have when you confront me about all the awful things about me. That's ridiculous. So we can use our imagination in these kind of terrible ways, right? When we dwell on things, when we we let things worm in their ways into our brain. But we can also use our imagination in the way that God intended us to use it, to be creative, to enter in to his word, to imagine what it would be like to be there. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to use our imaginations in a sanctified way. C.S. Lewis calls it our baptized imagination. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to let God use our imagination so that we can enter in to scripture experientially, so that we can let the words wash over us and imagine what would it be like to be there. Now, there's a couple of guardrails that we put up when we do this kind of thing, because what we don't want to do is we don't want to mishandle God's word. We don't want to impose our own ideas on it that actually don't line up with scripture. So a couple of guardrails that we'll put on ourselves. The first is context. So whenever you do an activity like this, it's really important that you know what kind of scripture are we reading? What's, What's happening in the story of scripture? What kind of literature is it? 
The story that we're going to read is out of the Gospels. So that is a story of Jesus. The Gospels is the story of Jesus inviting people to follow him. And so we're going to have an interaction actually with Jesus in the Gospels. The second kind of guardrail that we put up is that we measure whatever our attention is drawn to, perhaps what even we feel like the Lord is saying to us, we measure that based on what we know of the rest of Scripture. Because God will never contradict himself. So if you feel like he's telling you to go kill someone, it's not true. So just know, you've got to measure things by the whole context of Scripture. Don't worry, I don't think that's going to happen in this room tonight. But how we're going to help each other measure what we've heard based on Scripture is that we're going to do this in community with one another. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do and invite you to do for your sisters at the table is to just prayerfully listen and receive the stories. Receive what you feel like God has drawn your attention to, what he's asking you to notice, what he's inviting you to. And perhaps you will feel led to ask a question not to uh, fix things, not to give her advice, but to, to receive prayerfully and maybe even ask a question of her. So those are some of the guardrails of how we're going to enter into this activity. So how this is going to work is I'm going to read you this gospel passage. We're actually going to wind up reading it four times. The first time, just to let you settle into the story. There's actually no agenda. Just to let God start to paint on the canvas of your mind what's happening, what it might look like, what's going on, smells, things you might see or notice or hear. Now, some of you, this is going to be a lot easier than for others. Some of us have hard time imagining in our mind's eye. And so I just want to encourage you to just settle in wherever you are and just to receive what you can from this. Um, so we're going to read that first time. The second time, I will ask you to imagine that you are a specific character in the story. What would it be like to be that person? What might Jesus be inviting you to, drawing your attention to? Then you'll have some space to journal. What did you see? What do you want to say to God? Maybe it's a prayer. We'll do this a third time. I'll ask you to be another character in the story. Again, journal. The fourth time, you'll have the freedom to be whoever you feel drawn to in the story. Maybe somebody you've already been. Maybe somebody else. You cannot be Jesus, though. Okay, that is the one person you can't be. <laughs> And then you will be invited to have a conversation with Jesus, to go and talk to him and let him speak words of truth and life over you. So the story that I've chosen is out of the Gospel of John, and it's the story of the woman caught in adultery. Now, many of you are familiar with that story, and if you're not, you will be very soon. But let me tell you why I chose this story. The reason is because there is a woman who has been exposed. Her sin is exposed. And there are a group of people that are exposing her. And I think we are both of these people. So we're going to take some time to imagine what it would be like to be both of these people and let God invite us to do some things differently. Okay? So I want to invite you to find a place where you feel comfortable. If you want to move around the room a little bit, find a little more space, you are welcome to do that. Um, do you want to encourage you to have something you can write on, a pen that you can write with so that you're ready to kind of take notes. And um, I also want to just invite us, as you're settling in, we're going to take a moment just to be silent and still before the Lord. Perhaps you even want to just open your hands 
as a symbol of kind of letting go of what's been through your day. I also want to encourage you, would you please check your phones? Make sure that they are on silent because we want this to be a sacred space so that we're not um, distracted by those things. So let's just take a moment in silence and then I will pray and we'll start. Lord Jesus, we release our day to you and we ask you to guide us. Holy Spirit, would you um, guide our imagination that we would enter in to your story, that we would see and notice, perhaps even smell and taste the things that you want us. Lord, I pray that um, each woman in this room would be keenly aware of your presence. So Lord, we ask that you would go before us. Make this a sacred space, Lord. Meet us here because we love you. God, creator, we want to be near you. So I'm reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. There's no agenda with this time. I just want you to um, let your mind settle in to just hear the words. Let the canvas start to have some color and form to it. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. I just want to give you a little context for some of the characters in this story. Uh, the teachers of the law are uh, the men who diligently studied and sought to preserve the Old Testament law, which is really the five first five books of our Bible now. The Pharisees were very similar to the teachers of law. They saw themselves more as the guardians of the faith, felt that they were responsible to lead people into holiness. And one of the ways that they did that is they would set up laws to protect us from the laws. So more and more regulations and boundaries around that. Also notice that this was a trap. It says that um, they were using the question as a trap for him. The other thing I want you to notice is that it is a setup because the woman has been caught in the act. 
But there is only one person that has been brought before Jesus, and that is the woman. Somebody else is missing. Does not mean she is innocent, but she has been set up. So this time, I want you to imagine that you are actually that woman. I want you to feel what it feels like to be her, to imagine how people are seeing her, all of the things, all of the color. What does it feel like to be her? What are the words spoken to her? So imagining you're the woman, reading John 8, verses 2 through 11. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this Those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So for the next few minutes, I just want you to journal. What did you notice? Perhaps what is Jesus inviting you to? We'll just have a few minutes to do that. This time as we enter the story again, I want you to imagine that you are either the Pharisees or the teachers of the law. Again, noticing the details from their perspective imagining you are one of them. So reading from John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. 
Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So again, spend some time journaling, thoughts, feelings, invitations from Jesus to you. So I'm going to read it one more time. And this time, I just want to invite you to be whoever you feel drawn to be in the story. Perhaps one of the characters you've already been. And then at the end of this, you will have an opportunity to go up and speak to Jesus and allow him to speak truth over you. Remember, he is not a God of shame. So he wants to invite you into something different. So let him uh, speak those words of love and truth over you. Reading from John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Go talk to Jesus. Go ahead and finish your conversation with Jesus and say goodbye to him. as you do move back into this space and into our company again. So what I want us to do is um, we're just going to take two minutes each. I want you to get into pairs of two and we'll put a a timer up uh, for two minutes where you can share with a person at your table really whatever you want. You don't need to share anything you don't feel comfortable with, of course. Maybe what the experience was like for you. Maybe what Jesus was inviting you to. Maybe your conversation with Jesus. Um, But go ahead and share um, in groups of two, and then I'll cue you for when it's time to change, and then we'll turn into our whole table and have a time to process. So go ahead and, and do that. 